Today on The Topping Show, Target removes quote-unquote satanic materials, the Daily Wire moves to Twitter, Ron DeSantis officially announces he's running for presidency, Bud Light considers free beer, Meta Facebook sells Giphy to Shutterstock, Netflix password sharing the crackdown begins, and Kohl's and Abercrombie & Fitch somehow both show profits. All that and much, much more on The Topping Show. Thank you for taking the time to do today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value added resource services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see the founder twice a day. Gotta say he is quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, that, that's a joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner who gives a little assistance with your IT, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Now, going on to the business part of the podcast, you have Kohl's showing that they've made a profit which caused their stock to shoot up 10%. Now their stock is around $20.72 per share, all part of their new CEO's Tom Kingsbury's plan to reduce their longtime alliance on margin-draining discounts, as well as focusing on growth areas considering work wear. So think uniforms and other hardcore terms of durable products, perhaps, as people start to re-enter the workforce. Now the earnings came in at a positive of 13 cents per share, and analysts actually thought they were gonna lose 42 cents per share so it was a pretty big win. And then you have Abercrombie & Fitch showing a profit as well. Their shares shot up 30.55%, now hovering around $30.04 per share. And it's really astonishing how few people realize Abercrombie & Fitch has been around for longer than most of us, actually no, longer than all of us have been alive, unless there's a president listening to this right now. They've been around since 1892. 1892, and they were founded by David Abercrombie as well as Ezra Fitch. So they've been around since for quite some time. And it's just hilarious to me that the average American, when I talk to them, when I think of Abercrombie and Fitch, I can think of jeans for high school kids. Because, and I guess maybe college kids. Like, I just think of it as a very niche product, not really a traditional outdoorsy topic you know, product. Although if you go on eBay, they'll see they actually did make a gun case, which nowadays they would never, ever do, but kind of highlight their roots or where they used to be from. That's something they used to provide there for their consumers. And fascinating to think, you know, I think of them as a place you used to get jeans for $19.99 back when I was in high school. If I was lucky, I'd get to go there and buy one or two pairs of jeans. And I might still have one in the closet. Although given time, now they probably have holes, so now, you know, now they're probably trendy, but back in the day, you had to pay extra for holes in the pants. Nevertheless, as recently as 2020, they had 854 locations. And it was especially impressive when you consider most of those locations were in malls, which, newsflash, malls have been declining exponentially in popularity as less and less people go to them as the whole world shifts to e-commerce. Now, the earnings per share came in at 39 cents per share when the Wall Street analysts actually thought they were gonna lose five cents per share the revenue was actually $836 million compared to the expected revenue, $815 million. And the company also says they expect net sales to grow between 2 and 4% compared to the previous projections of 1% to 3%. So great news for the fashion industry as people continue to buy clothes. Definitely not, I'm not their core customer. Shoot, this suits probably seven years, eight years by now. I like to get a good ROI on my clothing. So my high school gym clothes still work just fine for my home gym. 
Nevertheless, going over to tech business news, you have Netflix officially running out their, rolling out their password cracking this month in the United States. So globally, they've been cracking down on the password sharing for quite some time. Like a lot of these tech companies, they actually had no problem with it when they were beginning because it made them look a lot bigger on paper when they could say, oh, we have X amount of users. Well, are they paying? Well, you know, it makes us look good because it has a total big number. You have the same thing with Twitter, but before Elon bought it, there were a plethora of bots on the platform, still a fair amount, but they didn't really care because it made the platform look that much bigger and it made investors think, well, wow, is that it, it, the audience is that big? It's gotta be worth it. There's gotta be a lot of real people on the platform carrying conversations. Well, perhaps not as many as you might think. Now, they're currently sending emails to all their US subscribers and Netflix actually estimates there's about 100 million households around the globe that share passwords. And their growth rate is starting to decrease. So Q1, they had an increase or they added 1.75 million global streamers. So that's a lot more subscribers. Now, when it comes to the soups and nut or the actual details of this password crackdown, they noted to share an account with someone outside the household, a user can transfer to a new profile with new membership, but they have to pay a discount of about $7.99 per month. So I don't know if they're going to use IP addresses or they're going to localize it or geolock it, but you're going to piss off a lot of consumers because guess what? A lot of families travel, a lot of people, especially if you're a field sales rep, you're traveling all over the country, all over the globe, and you might like to waste time staring at a phone or a laptop and watching something that they have on Netflix. Personally, if I go somewhere and I have to sit down, I'll actually just read a book which I know is a foreign concept to many people these days is I almost single-handedly keep that industry in business. I sometimes joke trying to read at least one book a month. Now, it'll be interesting to see how many people actually convert from people who are just mooching off of a friend with their password to actually paying for it. I would probably say not as many as they hope because the issue with all these things, and it's a consistent thing without every company, without every, throughout every industry, once you give something away for free, no one wants to pay for it. It's like YouTube. YouTube Premium is barely growing. They did buy the NFL package, so they have the exclusive rights to actually distribute the Sunday footballs for people to watch the pigskin being thrown around the field. Although I guess it's not even a pigskin these days. They had to put the farm around work. It's a synthetic material. Nevertheless, they're struggling to add paid subscribers because again, YouTube is founded on free. And even with all the commercials they jam down your throat, I believe it's two to three commercials per video now, people still don't want to pay to get something that their their whole life since YouTube has been founded, most consumers have got for free. And I made this mistake with my IT company. I used to have a situation where I thought if I would do IT recycle for like a first project for a client, we would have such an exceptional customer service experience and they'd be so blown away with our overall support and our just professional acumen, they would be willing to pay for the next recycle pickup or to do some other projects down the road where we could actually return a profit. And yeah, I was sorely mistaken and, never, and obviously now we do not do that anymore because again, we just bled money because it still costs us time, materials, labor to actually pick up the recycled material, make sure it's recycled in an environmentally safely controlled area and methodology. So again, this is going to be an uphill battle for Netflix and it's also going to make the company look bad because they might be losing subscribers and might the growth rate is going to suffer. So again, 
they they acquiesced once to the crowd in terms of consumers when I believe it was Q3 2022. A lot of consumers in the U.S. said this is ridiculous. So we have family members, you have kids at college, you have people all over, and Netflix appeared to back off the pedal, so to say, while rolling out the program globally throughout other countries. Time shall tell to see if this becomes a business blunder or if it actually makes Netflix unprecedented profits and everyone over there thinks it's great. Other tech news in the business section, you have Meta Facebook selling Giphy to Shutterstock. I know half those words sound foreign, so I had to use the Urban Dictionary in the computer to actually find out what those companies were. Now, they sold it for $53 million, which sounds like a lot, but Facebook had purchased Meta. Everyone calls it's, it's, it's Facebook. I don't care about the rebranding. They call it legally Meta because they do the Metaverse and other things. Their core competency and their core thing is still Facebook. So Facebook purchased Giphy for $315 million. So they purchased it for $315 million in 2020. And now they sell it for $53 million. Now, you do not have to be a mathematician or a scholar to realize that's a net loss of $262 million down the drain. And it's important to note it's partially because of politics. Now, the reason they sold it was because of the regulators over in the UK. Now, they argued that that purchase and the merger would be bad for the competition. And this is going to allow the stock photo marketplace to Giphy's 1.7 billion users, which... Again, how it's astonishing. They have 1.7 billion users on Giphy's website, which hosts GIFs, which is the animated. They have the photos and they animate it and they make it amusing, rudimentarily speaking. Again, fascinating to think I haven't heard of them more, but maybe it's on your phone. Interesting. But again, Facebook is also a multi-billion dollar company raking in 90 plus billion a quarter. So will this really hurt them? No, not at all. But it's interesting to note, you gotta be, gotta be quite on top of your game, so to say, when it comes to compliance globally and making sure you get the sign off on all these acquisitions. And Microsoft is going through the same thing with their Activision attempted purchase and merger. Time shall tell to see how those two roll down or shake down, so to say. Now, going on to the culture part of the podcast, you have Bud Light considering to give their beer away for free, which still might not be cheap enough and they might have to pay people to take that away now this is coming all out yet another one of their worst weeks with sales down at 24 percent for the week ending may 3rd compared to the same week in 2022 now analysts are noting that the other inbev brands inbev being the global company out of belgium they're the holding company behind anheuser bush having about 52 beer brands across the globe and they're noting that consumers are starting to catch on that, well, wait a minute. If I'm buying Bud Light, if I, if I uh, let's say I, I boycott Bud Light, but I buy Michelob Ultra, that's good. Well, it's not a good beer. And it's also not exactly your intention because guess what? Spoiler alert, they're both owned by the same parent company. Same with Shock Top, Modelo, and a bunch of other beers I can barely pronounce. I, again, I drink spirits when the occasion calls for. Now, Michelob Ultra was down at 2.9% compared to a year ago, as noted by Nielsen IQ data. You have Budweiser down nearly 10% for the past two weeks. And importantly, they've lost $110 million in sales year volume to date compared to the same period last year. And it's getting to the point where they have a current rebate out, which rebates are usually BS, especially for men. It's extra steps, it's just BS, and of course, like gift cards, the return rate is very little, so it's a fiscal good thing for a business to do. And it sounds good, but the return rate is so low, it really costs money. But right now they have a coupon, or rather a rebate, 
coupons you get in the moment, rebates you have to mail in and do a bunch of jump through a bunch of hoops and cross your fingers and hope you actually get the money back. So you currently have a rebate for such a price break. You can get a 24 pack of Bud Light for $3.49, which is unprecedented. It's, it's unprecedented how cheap that is. Granted, most people would say it's piss water anyway, so is it really worth it? Time shall tell. But yes, they have more and more analysts starting to say this is something you should be concerned about. So you have JP Morgan, one of their analysts by the name of Jared Dings, he noted that, quote, while we recognize the data may evolve further, based on current available data, we prudently model the US EBT earnings before interest and tax to decline by 26% fiscal 2023 and no 2024 recovery. So you have the largest bank on the planet and the analysts even over there, the analysts are also concurring with all the stock analysts where rudimentary speaking, if this is a magic eight ball, the outlook is not so good. They're bleeding money and even if they give it away for free or they break even, they only do, it only does so much good for a business. Some businesses will do it because they get a price break on materials. Like if you look at a computer company, they might agree to, like I remember when I worked for a computer manufacturer, a server manufacturer, they would break even on some projects with global companies because they knew if they sold a million laptops, that quantity would give them a price break with the components manufacturers, which would give you more profit on other deals where you could make a profit. So there was a benefit in that regard. I don't think the same thing goes for beer, considering the very few components that go into making it. And again, they're bleeding more and more money every single day. Anecdotally speaking, when I go to my Wally Mart, I go and I walk past the booze when I'm picking up all the staples that I buy. And I actually took a little Sharpie and I actually just, I guess it technically was graffiti. I am a, bad, a rebel, some might say. So I wrote the date on one of the cases of Bud Light. And it was a big stack, a little bit taller than me. And lo and behold, one week later, it was turned, but I turned it, it's a, it was still there. In retail, that is terrible beyond all belief, especially for Walmart or Wally Mart. In those business models, it is all about fast sales volume. They make a little percentage on everything they sell, sometimes some things for a loss, but it's all about massive volume, very similar to McDonald's. To have something sitting on a shelf for a week at Walmart is one of the business biggest one of the biggest business flops in retail that could be there. It's the most valuable real estate in retail is a Walmart. Vendors do anything to get in there because of the foot traffic is unprecedented and they can move products. That's what they do best. They give the consumer the best ROI. That's what they do. So for their product not to move in a week? That's astonishingly inept. And time shall tell to see if there's any repercussions for the leadership at InBev or Anheuser-Busch as they continue to acquiesce from all responsibility, blaming marketing companies, blaming interns, or the marketing gal, Alyssa Heinerschild. At the end of the day, this falls on the responsibilities and the shoulders of the CEO. He signed off on all those things. It used to be the buck stops here. That's what leaders do. They should have addressed the situation and tried to turn around, but they decided to play fussies with both sides and the middle so that Again, people on the left are pissed, people on the right are pissed, people in the middle are pissed and confused. Perhaps the biggest business blunder since New Coke. Time shall tell to see how much they continue to bleed. Other really fascinating cultural news. You have 
The Daily Wire moving to Twitter. Now, The Daily Wire is one of the largest, fastest growing conservative media companies headquartered out in Nashville, Tennessee. They have a little bit over 285 employees. And traditionally, they have their Daily Wire Plus, where you pay and it's a subscription. And they would also have most, not all the content, but a majority of the daily shows on YouTube. Now, they're announcing they're going to move all the premium content to Twitter starting May 30th. This is coming after their co-CEO, Jeremy Boring, revealed that there's a cancellation blitz against their top talent, including Matt Walsh, Michael Knowles, as well as Brett Cooper. And we have Matt, uh, Matt Walsh, who was demonetized for using scientifically correct um, pronouns. And he, I believe this youngsters, the, the people in the know call it, oh, what is the term? Proper pronouns? Improper pronouns? Something about that, something with grammar. He used the wrong, he used ones that a person didn't agree with, and they immediately just withdrawed all his monetization. Which, from a moral perspective, someone who stands by their word is pretty rare these days. One of the reasons I respect Matt Walsh is, he, was, he reportedly said he was making $100,000 a month from YouTube ads. And he chose to give that, give that away, to give away his ability to make money on YouTube via the monetization policy where they share part of the revenue from the advertisements because his morals were more important than the dollar, which is so rare these days you can't help but respect. Now, Matt Walsh, in less than a month on Twitter with his videos, he had 24 million impressions and the account dedicated to his show increased by 140,000 followers. Again, fun little reminder to follow me at Nick Topping, N-I-C-T-O-P-P-I-N-G, because some bastard took the proper at Topping. Come on, Elon, I'll buy it. Not, I don't have a lot of cash, but still, I'd pay something for it. Now, it'll be interesting to see, does this decrease the number of people who pay for the Daily Wire Plus subscription, which is their own separate website, separate platform, to support that company more directly? If they can get that same content on Twitter with for free, and right now they're... I, I don't know if that's going to hurt their sales. I feel like a lot of people who subscribe to their business and their platform, the Daily Wire Plus, do it not only for the content. They have some good articles I use for references on this podcast and this YouTube show. But a lot of people do it just to support the company. And also, they're going to create more original, original content with their movies, their documentaries. So there's some more indirect benefits. So I don't think their sales will decrease that much or their subscription count will decrease too much because of this. Now, going on to the politics part of the podcast, you have Ron DeSantis finally announcing that he is going to be running for the United States presidency. So he's going to be throwing his hat into the ring after months of speculation. And he, more interestingly enough, he did it on Twitter, which further bolsters the brand as well as the cultural significance of Twitter becoming more and more mainstream. Because traditionally, most presidential nominees, which in the United States is a pretty big deal, you're officially saying you're running for the... Re the most well, it used to be the most highly respected office on the planet. No well, time, unfortunately, has changed that view in many people's regards. But it used to be a big pop and circumstance. You'd probably go to a main channel like CNN, Fox News, what have you. And he chose to do it on a Twitter live. So they call this a Twitter live stream. And I'm going to play the first couple minutes of it. And I will have to I have to say his policies in Florida, many of them are great especially for business and culturally, but he should have had a Red Bull before he did this or some type of caffeinated beverage. Now, let's listen to this. Um, I understand that you may have an announcement to make. Uh, we've got, I think, a, a record audience assembled here. Uh, you know, the, probably the biggest uh, 
room that's probably ever been assembled online. I, what, what would you like to tell them? Well, I am running for president of the United States to lead our great American comeback. Look, we know our country's going in the wrong direction. We see it with our eyes, and we feel it in our bones. Our now, I'm not a speech expert, although I was a member of the Toastmasters Club, which is a great organization to be a part of where you can improve your speaking skills exponentially. But he's going to be up against the incumbent presidency is Joe Biden. And if you look at Joe Biden's body language, his speeches, they're much more, I don't want to say dead inside or just quiet. They're not, what's the opposite of energetic? It's almost like, I think Joe Rogan said it best when it's like a flashlight, the batteries are dying, but the light still turns on. But if I was around DeSantis, you would want to be the complete antithesis of Biden. He should come out guns swinging, saying, I am proud. Like, really, I don't know it's cliche to say, but it sounded, like, it sounded off like you got a pair is an old cliche that people would say. But he should be excited beyond all belief. He is doing it. This is a huge once-in-a-lifetime thing for him and his family. They're running for the, again, the most highest, well, traditionally most respected office in the United States in the world. And, again, it's a little lax. Right now, it's a little lack, lackluster. He's saying the right things, but... Our southern borders collapse. Drugs are pouring into the country. Our cities are being hollowed out by spiking crime. The federal government's making it harder for the average family to make ends meet and to attain and maintain a middle-class lifestyle. And our president, well, he lacks vigor, flounders in the face of our nation's challenge. Again, he should, he lacks, he should have really pontificated that point, especially. He lacks vigor. Like, right now... Again, one of the reasons I don't do podcast interviews over the internet, maybe it's a sound connection issue, maybe it's the audio-visual issue with his connection or his microphone, but right now he just doesn't sound like he has enough energy. ...and he takes his cues from the woke mob. I don't think it has to be this way. American decline is not inevitable. It is a choice, and we should choose a new direction, a path that will lead to American revitalization. We must restore sanity to our nation. This means embracing fiscal and economic sanity. Stop pricing. That would be nice if the government stopped spending money. Spoiler alert, Democrats and Republicans both do it, some more than others. But the U.S. debt is now $31 plus trillion, trillion dollars, which you, a business or a person would never be that fiscally irresponsible. Well, some might. They go bankrupt, but I digress. Most don't hard-working Americans out of a good standard of living through inflationary borrow print and spending policies True. and please embrace American energy independence. This that also would be nice. means replacing the... Funny reminder for the first time in U.S. history for like first time in 60 or 50 years the U.S. was energy independent in 2019 I believe where we actually exported more than we imported when it comes to energy and of course that led to gas being cheap which the key to any society both growing it and maintaining it is cheap energy. It's the backbone of everything. Everything we do, manufacturing, our just daily lives, cheap energy is exactly how countries develop and they move up technologically-wise, society-wise. That's why I always say people hate oil. If it wasn't for oil, you wouldn't be here. The United States, look at the Industrial Revolution. Everything you enjoy in your life is a byproduct of the oil industry. We are not sponsored by Exxon, but I take a gift card kind of kidding but it's not just the energy but it's also all the products around you nevertheless we'll go back to mr desantis 
woke mind virus with reality, facts, and enduring principles, merit must trump identity politics. That'd be nice. We must return normalcy to our communities. America's a sovereign country. Our borders must be respected. We cannot have foreigners pouring into our country illegally by the millions. We cannot allow drug cartels to poison our... Also, quick note, it's a little disgusting how unequal the immigration process is in terms of people from Mexico are able to come here without any oversight or any pushback, but my family, like, there's some Cuban, Cuban, legit Cuban refugees trying to come to the U.S. The past couple of years, and the U.S. government was like, oh, no, no, you, you don't qualify. They don't? They much more qualify, but they're, again, it's a communism regime over in Cuba with a humanitarian, humanitarian crisis, which should actually catch the attention of the United States to actually do something. They don't. And it's disgusting that communism lives a stone throw away off the coast of Florida. But again, it's not equal. They're allowing different processes for different groups of people. And they're selectively enforcing the law, which I think is why a lot of people are upset. Immigrants create businesses at a higher percentage than people who are born here. They do contribute a lot. And some people consider immigration a sticky subject, but it's quite simple. Well, rudimentary speaking, make the process streamlined so you actually choose and actually make it so it's not a long birds and paperwork process. Streamline it, green light, red light. Should be simple, but again, bureaucracy, unfortunately, it's used not. Population with fentanyl. Public deserves safe community. Why is no one talking about the fentanyl overdoses and the exponential increase in the manufacturer distribution of that poison? That's beyond me. That's, in terms of political wins, smart thing to choose because no one is driving this point home enough and law and order must be maintained in American cities. We can't have inmates running the asylum, and we must reject attacks on the men and women of law enforcement. We also must reestablish integrity in our institutions. This includes the military. I'm proud to be a Navy veteran, an Iraq veteran, and I revere our services, but when revered institutions... He should probably drive that point home, because I feel like not enough people know those associations of his like those in our military are more concerned with matters not central to the mission, whether it's global warming or gender ideology and pronouns, morale declines and recruiting suffers. And you need to eliminate these distractions and we need to get focused on the core mission. We also cannot have true constitutional government if the most significant issues are decided by the whims of unelected bureaucrats rather than the people's elected representatives. True. Reestablishing integrity in our institutions means we must reinvigorate our constitutional system by returning the government to its rightful owners, we the people. No social or economic transformation. Yeah, I, I, cliche, I know it's cliche to look at my watch, but again, he needs to pontificate more. And let, again, he's saying the right things, but alter your volume. Go up, go down. To, and admittedly, that's something I am working on, thanks to a little Thanks to your critiques in the comments, I realized I need to work on that. And it's something that I'm trying to improve on. But this is perhaps the most important speech he'll give in his life. And he sounds like he's just reading off a teleprompter, very cliche. All Trump's faults aside, he knows how to speak and pontificate and actually vary his expression, his tone, his body language, and captivate an audience, which is what DeSantis needs to do representation. Truth needs to be our foundation. Common sense can no longer be an uncommon virtue. And in Florida, we proved it could be done. Uh, we chose facts over fear, 
education. Again, he should be referencing his success, his success plan in Florida for all of his campaign. He won by less than 1% when he was running for the Florida governor position. So he won by less than 1%. And the second time, he won by 20 So every, every Republican should be emulating his governorship and his successful track record in, I was about to say, an industry, in a genre or in a political platform where most Republicans lose ridiculously and they seem to be addicted to losing. Whereas he actually won. So one would think the GOP would pay more attention to his strategies. Time shall tell if they actually learn. Education over indoctrination, law and order over rioting and disorder. We held the line when freedom hung in the balance. And we're thriving as a result. Florida's the nation's fastest growing state. We're number Smart. one in net in migration, number one in new business formations, Good. recently ranked number one in education. We have a 50-year low crime rate and one of the lowest nice. tax and debt per capita in America. But we also understand governing is not entertainment. It's not about building a brand or virtue signaling. It is about delivering results. And our results in Florida have been second to none. We can and we must deliver big results for America. I pledge to be an energetic executive that will take on the important issues. Sound more energetic Biden's now. pursued inflationary policies that are hurting working people. We will reverse those. These guys are. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. All right. That's enough of that. So, again, he said all the right things, but I won't torture you to the whole speech. Because, again, it seems like it's pretty monotone for the rest of the speech. Nevertheless, it is unprecedented, the biggest moment in his life. And Elon Musk was in that little private room they call this Twitter stream, whatever they call it. So monumental moment for the platform as well. Now, other interesting political news, you have Michigan having a new red flag law. Now, this is passed by Governor Greg Whitmer, and she signed the law that would allow judges, judges to order the temporary confiscation of firearms from individuals in Michigan deemed a quote-unquote risk to themselves or others. Now, the four-bill package signed by Whitmer would allow medical professionals, family members, guardians, current and former dating partners, and the police to petition a judge to remove firearms of an individual who's believed to be at risk. The perfect example of the road to hell being paved with good intentions. This leaves no due process, also known as the 14th Amendment, also known as being an American. And this has been used time and time again by bitter girlfriends, by bitter boyfriends, where they'll just call up and they'll false flag them saying, oh yeah, they're, they're a danger. And without any due process, they take your property and then you have to pay to fight the legal process to get it back. So it's a disgusting, unconstitutional practice. Unfortunately, many states follow that. So I hope the Supreme Court brings that to the light soon and strikes down that practice. But again, it's good intention, but the ulterior, are, the ulterior motives are so clear and the abuse of power is so obvious, it's a disgusting practice. And again, they don't enforce the laws they currently have on the books. With many of the most tragic incidents, none of the laws, they were never prosecuted, whether it's improperly filling, filling out a 4473 form, which is the application you go through to get a firearm, or is it the police ignoring all of the, the current reports of them breaking the laws? So, 
a little downside in the political news in that regard. Now, going on to the business blunder of the day, you have Target removing, quote-unquote, satanic as well as LGBTQ materials. Or LGB. I didn't. The article, they sometimes cut off some of the letters, pun moderately attended, but wait. So, the materials from the UK-based Abperalin, which literally has message and visuals praising Satan. Oh, and their designer wears Satan horns publicly, dresses up like Satan, and even has designs such as, quote, Satan respects quote uh, pronouns, unquote, and other things that directly, they quite literally spelled out. And I think that was a big delta, a big difference between a traditional LGBTQ clothing line and one that's targeting children as well as directly utilizing satanic messages. They also had the tuck swimsuit where children were, is basically a trans swimsuit or a swimsuit for boys to tuck their junk to look like girls. And then the whole process is quite confusing. And yeah, now the CEO proudly said this is the right thing to do for society. In this, and this is a business blunder for many reasons, and I will dive deeper. Within 24 hours of the CEO saying that's the right thing to do for society, we're, we're going to stick by it, they acquiesced. So they're getting rid of the displays, they're moving the displays to the back as well. And their claim of why they're doing it, I suspect, is BS beyond all belief. Now, their spokesperson has said they are doing it because they've received multiple threats, and it's for the safety of all their employees. No, I suspect it's the fact that their stock dropped and plummeted by $8 billion in 24 hours. This might be the business blunder of the year. $8 billion in valuation just gone because of that business decision. Astonishing. Even Bud Light, they're going through their business blunder as well. They lost $4 billion, but that took a week. This is $8 billion in one day. Quite an achievement in ineptitudes. And again, going back to the threats, traditionally speaking, there might be one or two outliers, but conservatives aren't the ones that get violent. It, it Show me one example. They couldn't. They didn't say, here's a reference. Here's a threat. Here's an here's a act, actual bad thing that happened. No. At most, I'm guessing some elderly gentleman might have gone up to the target rep go, I'm confused. Why, why, are, you, why are you targeting kids? Or what? Why are you teaching kids these ideas? Or why are you sexualizing children? So I don't think that was the real reason. They're using it as a scapegoat so that they could try to restore profitability, or I guess they haven't made a loss yet, rather try to restore what losses they've suffered through this self-inflicted wound. And time shall tell to see, again, strictly in a cost-benefit analysis, is the increase in sales from those particular products for children, and they, I know they also had some for adults as well, is that increase in sales big enough for the possible alienation of a large percent of your customer base? I don't know who shops at Target. I always think it's fancy, you know, people with relatively, relatively wealthy. I don't know. Uh, I, I like to get all my crap at one store, so whether I need ammo for a trap shooting event for my IT business or extra box of carrots, it's all the same store. So I'm, I know I'm not their target audience, pun moderately intended, but did someone in their sales department or just their demographic department say, hey, here's a pie graph of our current customer base. 
this sliver believes in this, this chunk believes in this, this believes in that, they believe in here. Could there, is it wise to cause conflict by having one that has a direct opposite belief system put that product there? I, it, it doesn't make business sense, which is why I suspect this is more of a activism approach, which they have been pro-LGBT for quite some years. I don't think that's really the conflict. Like many of these instances, the people who are getting upset with these are the people who are concerned that they're targeting children. This also, they just had to literally have Satanism in it. Like literal Satanic themes. Which, in the United States used to have morals and religion. Unfortunately, it's becoming less and less of a theme these days. But, do they really think this wouldn't offend people? Now, the fact that they so quickly decided to backpedal on this decision, that just further proves my point that it's the biggest, it is the business blunder of the day. Time shall see and time shall tell how much of a fiscal impact this has on the company. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. Each one of your feedback is greatly appreciated as we build out the show better and better over time. Also, don't forget to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone to stay safe and fight the good fight.